Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Steve B., Ryan S., Todd A., and Cindy W. Returning guest on the program today, Hugh Stewart is back with us. Hugh is the Chief Executive Officer of Montage Gold Corp., an African-focused gold project developer and explorer, advancing its core Kone project in Côte d'Ivoire. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol MAU and also on the U.S. OTC markets under the symbol MAUTF. Mr. Stewart, thanks for coming back on the program. Uh, my pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely, Hugh. It's been uh, been a good chunk here of time since we last spoke, and a few things have come out since then with the montage and progress on the project. But let's kick it off here, Hugh, by just getting a quick company overview and update for some of the audience maybe who are tuning in for the first time on this one. Okay, sure. Um, so Montage was uh, was formed a couple of years ago as a private company. I think we just had our two-year original sort of creation birthday a couple few weeks ago, and actually our, our one-year listing birthday um, uh, is coming up soon at the end of October. So we created a couple of years ago, and the projects were spun out of a company called Orca Gold, uh, which has a primary project in, in Sudan. We weren't really getting the value for the projects, and with the change in the political situation in 2019 in Sudan, we decided to spin the, the assets out, create Montage, fund it separately, uh, and really start getting active on the project. So uh, we have done that. Um, we, as I said, we listed in October uh, 2020. We raised $35 million, uh, very strongly supported um, IPO. And since that time, we've been extremely busy. We've taken an inferred resource of 1.5 million ounces at uh, the time of listing. We've drilled that out to a, a 4 million ounce inferred resource. We've completed a PEA, which came out in May, uh, showing a large scale, uh, low cost gold project. Uh, and since that time, we've now converted that 4 million ounce inferred resource to a 4.3 million ounce indicated resource. And we're looking to have our full feasibility study completed by the end of this year, probably early January now, things always slip a little bit. Um, we're well financed, we're well backed. Uh, significant shareholders in the company include the Lundin family, Ross Beatty and Sandstorm Gold Royalties. And we're a management team that has significant uh, history in Africa. Uh, myself, uh, our COO and our chairman, all were part of the team that ran Redback Mining in Ghana and Mauritania that sold to Kinross in 2010. Uh, and most of us have spent pretty much most of our careers working in Africa. So it's a part of the world we know well uh, and are able to move around and, and operate easily in. You know, talk about that for just a second. You guys uh, did an IPO. I thought it was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 million Canadian. You know, you're still running on that cash. Maybe just talk about maybe some of the efficiencies here that you guys have uh, been able to deliver and also some of the speed at which you've been delivering those items. Yes, it was 35 million uh, a year ago, and we we should come out. We should have the feasibility study completed by by the end of the year, and probably still have between seven and eight million dollars in the bank, and have everything ready, sort of moving into the permitting phase. Um, I think the reason why we're able to to move quickly was 
really a lot of background work on the project. Um, this is the Koenig project, or the Koenig Gold Deposit was actually discovered um, back in 2010, um, just after the takeover by Kinross. It was the original discovery was made uh, by Redback, by myself. I pegged the ground uh, that we're working on back in 2008 and 2009. Um, so we've been involved with the project for a long time, brought it back into Orca from Kinross. We drilled the first resource out in 2018, but at the same time, we did a lot of the basic work. We did a lot of metallurgical test work. We really tried to understand the nature of this ore body. It is in many ways a very unusual ore body for this part of the world, which is one of the things that makes it work. Um, so by the time we got into, we created Montage at the end of 2019 and during the course of 2020 with some, some significantly significant step out drilling to depth, at the same time as doing that, doing a lot of engineering work, doing hypothetical resource calculations internally, running pit optimizations. So by the time we got to, to make the decision to IPO, we really understood where this project was going to go. Um, you know, the, the reserve, we've, we've sort of known what the reserve is going, to be, is going to be for about two years because of our internal modeling and the nature and the consistency of the ore body. Uh, so the decision to, to IPO was really based on a significant knowledge of where this project was going. And that has enabled us to push through to the PEA. And a lot of those aspects of the PEA were to a much higher level, things like the geotechnical work, the metallurgical test work, other aspects of the engineering side of the, of the project were to a higher level than a PEA. Obviously it was based on an inferred resource. So um, it was called a PEA. But again, having done more detail in the early stage of it, stages, it has allowed us to push straight into feasibility study and said we've completely we've completed the drill out of the ore body to an indicated resource uh, and as a, so that really has allowed us obviously with the cash uh, to push this forward very quickly so it's a combination of having the money to be able to do it uh, and to spend it wisely because we understood uh, where this project was going but also understanding the nature of the ore body and what the project needed to look like to be successful and Hugh, talk about uh, upcoming needs to raise capital. You mentioned feasibility study out likely in January. Do you expect to raise capital shortly thereafter, maybe by Q2? What's your thought process here on when capital is going to need to be raised again? I think a lot of that will depend on the success of exploration. You know, we're, we're conscious of the need to both continue exploring. The impact of adding satellite feed to this project is significant. So as we continue that exploration, which is really the focus at the moment. Uh, a lot of, I think the success of that exploration uh, and the need to sort of conduct other drilling on, on satellite ore bodies uh, will probably determine that. We have run things if we need to, we can probably survive well into the end of next year. Um, but obviously in the background here, we've also got the permitting. Uh, we should, as I said, have the, the feasibility study by early January. We'll hopefully have our environmental work, which is pretty much complete. We're just waiting for the final design parameters for the project. So we'd like to think we, we have an environmental permit in hand by the end of Q1 and effectively a fully permitted project uh, with a mining lease issued by the end of Q2. So a lot of that process will, and the exploration process will determine uh, when we need to come to the market again. Um, but again, having those strong shareholders, um, I think we'd probably like to get the share price up a little bit as well before we do that. Um, we're very conscious of that as well. So um, we'll, we'll bear all that in mind as we go through the next probably six months. And as you said, more likely a decision end of Q1, possibly in Q2 as to whether we need to, to do some more financing. And give us, a, if you can, give us a little bit of a, a preview on the upcoming feasibility study. 
where do you think it'll differ compared to the PEA? Uh, are there any surprises that you think are going to come up between now and then as far as, you know, the differences? We know that CapEx probably increases due to uh, overall increases for cost materials, personnel, et cetera, equipment. Anything you want to highlight on the FS that you can mention? Again, one of the one of the nice things about this project, it is pretty well known. So I think in terms of the main metrics, in terms of gold recoveries, in terms of the rock hardness, which is a key factor to this deposit, um, the rock is not very hard. Um, so it's it's a low cost. It's a it's, whilst it is relatively low grade, uh, it is an easy project to mill, um, which obviously has a significant impact on the cost. So a lot of the met metrics like geotechnics. Uh, metallurgy, hardness, comminution, test work are all coming back very similarly to inputs to the PEA. So at the moment, I'm kind of envisaging something very similar. Obviously, we've got to look at cost. So uh, both capex and operating cost fuel, you know, the fuel price environment is changing, uh, and we'll, I think will continue to change. Um, but what we're still looking at is a very is a large scale gold operation, uh, producing in excess of 200,000 ounces a year over a 15 year mine life. Uh, and whilst it is relatively low grade by, by, by going for a larger plant straight off the bat, that allows us to, to make use of economies of scale. It is a, an a unusually wide ore body. In some ways, the shape of this ore body is closer to a porphyry copper deposit or porphyry gold deposit. Uh, it averages about 200 meters in true width over a strike length of about seven or 800 meters, which again, in terms of mining, allows us to mine with large-scale equipment with low unit costs. Uh, we now have um, contractor bids in as part of the feasibility study, which feed into um, to the mining side of things, and it, which is, again, hold it, upholding uh, the work we did in the PEA. So at the moment, um, I think not too many surprises. I think one of the good things is that we are able to uphold the numbers that we've seen in the PEA. Obviously, the CapEx is the last number that comes in in these things. So we're waiting to see what happens with that. Um, there is cost pressure, but we're also looking at ways of, of optimizing the project, potentially looking at different options for tailings disposal and, and things like that, which will hopefully uh, allow us to reduce capital in some areas and, and sort of accommodate capital creep in other areas. Uh, operating costs, again, hard to say once we get into the environment closer in. We are using, uh, we are not connected or not close to the national grid. So we are using a combination of natural gas and solar for our power plant. And obviously gas prices are creeping up a little bit at the moment, especially in Europe. So we will we'll look at that over the course of the next few months. Hugh, and how about the uh, the mining permit application and environmental impact assessment? Do you see that that will be filed by year end or maybe a little bit before that? I would expect the environmental impact will now probably be filed uh, early in the new year. We've basically done some changes to the to the layout of the project which we're trying to confirm, which we need to, we basically need to put those, those once the designs for the feasibility study are complete, we need to add those to the work that's already been done. All the field work, all the write-up has been done. We're just waiting for the final design parameters. So yeah, we'd expect it to be filed in early in the new year, uh, and then looking in the process, looking for a, approval probably by the end of Q1. The process for, for environmental approvals in, in West Africa, is very different obviously to North America, mining permits. Um, these things tend to be well-run project, well-run processes. It's very well understood what needs to be done as part of that process. Um, and it has been done very efficiently. Rocks Gold, now Fortuna Silver Mines, just to the south of us. 
um, got their both their environmental permit and mining permit very efficiently within a few months, um, even prior to the completion of their feasibility study. So um, don't expect too many issues on that. Um, but as I said, we'd like to think we should get in towards the end of Q, um, Q2 with a fully permitted project. Hugh, I think this makes sense for the folks there in CDI to be more motivated to see these projects go through the process, probably seeking a yes answer, assuming that your application is complete, which I know you guys will probably submit a complete application the first time and that there's a good amount of uh, responsibility on your side on that front. Certainly that these folks uh, in these jurisdictions are more motivated, whereas people in North America tend to be not motivated and lack the incentive to uh, to seek those at yes answers or to put a permitting process that's uh, 10 years long. So uh, good to see that you can have documents completed, submitted, and have answers back typically within a couple quarters. Talk about the CapEx here. PEA stated about $425 million believe it's USD. What's the thought process? Do you see any major changes to that number? Is it a wash on some of the increased costs versus some of the efficiencies that you're going to work out and maybe it stays the same? And then also, I guess the bigger question here as you guys move forward, what do you think is going to be the means and methods to get that financed? Yeah, that's always the, the sort of $100 million question, or in this case, the $425 million question. Um, <laughs> In terms of the, the CapEx, um, you know, this is, a, as I said, a relatively low-grade ore body. It has, uh, it does require a large-scale process plan to work. Now, we did a lot of work trying to understand the nature of this, of this operation and what was the best way to present it. Uh, it doesn't, because of the relatively low grade, it doesn't really work on a smaller plant. So obviously, the, the, the downside of that, whilst it does produce a significant amount of gold, close to three and a half million ounces in situ in terms of the reserve as i said two hundred thousand ounces over the life of mine no the counter side to that is the capex in terms of the feasibility study capex i think it's 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 one of those I mean, doing these studies as an exploration geologist i always find doing these studies uh, a bit of a roller coaster because one day is good news one day is bad news um and the capex is always you know, the worst thing because you're waiting for it and waiting for it and it's the last the last thing that comes out now, we're obviously looking at that. We've now, Kevin Ross, who until I think uh, September was a, a director, non-exec director of Montage, is now full-time COO of Montage. So Kevin is now, and he, Kevin comes from the same, he's a, he's a very experienced engineer. He's come, worked with us for, worked with Kevin for about 15 years through the Redback time and then Orca and now Montage. So he's very conscious of that. We are looking at different alternatives in terms of of both processing methods of processing um, and some of the infrastructure that's needed for the project. I think ultimately the capital will creep a little bit. I'd like to think it's it's not going to be horrendous. Um, we are finding we're going through that process with Orca Gold and on the Sudan project at the moment uh, with Lycopodium, who are the uh, the guys running our feasibility study as well. And we're finding some things going up, some things going down, some things staying the same. So it's a bit of a bit of a hard one to sort of guess. Um, but by using like a podium, uh, we probably are going to get a very accurate view, a very realistic view of what it's going to be. Uh, like a podium, an Australian company, uh, they are probably the, the premier builder and studier of mines and projects, certainly in Africa these days. Um, probably have more than 80% of the market share in terms of, of building gold mines in, in Africa these days. So have a very good knowledge base and a very good ability to, to be realistic about those things. 
In terms of the financing, difficult in many ways because we are a small company. Um, we have to get that share price up um, in terms of the equity side of things. But again, you know, the counterbalance to that is probably twofold. Firstly, is the nature of the project. Uh, it is a project that, that's large scale. It produces a lot of gold. It can handle debt. It can handle a significant amount of debt in terms of the modeling that we've been doing. Uh, we will be obviously having to be more creative. We will be looking at streaming as well as the debt and different ways of doing it. I think the second thing that perhaps helps is in our favor. It's having people like Lucas Lundin, uh, Ross Beatty, and obviously Sandstorm Gold as major shareholders. So not just a reputation, but also an ability to, to sort of bring in funding and help with that effort. So whilst I don't disagree that it will be a challenge, I think I think it is probably achievable. And I think the key thing that's going to help it is, is through, through exploration. Since we started Montage, the business plan has always been twofold. The first part of it was to define Kone and show that Kone is a solid standalone operation in its own right. Uh, I think the PEA did that pretty well. I think the feasibility study will back up largely uh, what the PEA showed. But the second part of the plan was always to, to sort of get out and explore. Uh, when you have a large, low cost, low process cost operation like Kone, the impact of adding uh, smaller, higher grade satellite feed to that operation is significant. For example, we're, we're currently, we've just done another little bit of a drill program on a target about eight kilometers away called Petit Yao. And when you look at the results, we put some out, I think a couple of months ago, um, some of the drill results from Petit Yao. And when you look at it on its own in isolation, you probably wouldn't even give it a second glance. You wouldn't think it's worth any follow-up. But once you actually look at it in the context of something like Kone, it starts to take on a bit of a different uh, shade. 50,000 ounces at two grams sitting eight kilometers away has the potential to generate well over 50 or $60 million in terms of revenue uh, for the project. So I think the way going forward that we can change Kone is by expanding our exploration footprint. We have a new permit granted to us just to the north, which we're getting into. As I said, we've just done a little bit more drilling on Putiao. We're also continuing to try and bring in other permits uh, and uh, joint ventures or, or other means uh, within about a 60 or 70 kilometer radius. So a lot of scope there um, to, to go out. And I think that's in terms of when you start thinking about the financing, I think the ability through of exploration to fundamentally change the economics of a project like Kone is also something that as we move forward is gonna make life a little bit easier on that front. Yeah, Hugh, I appreciate that. I think it'll be a bit of an exercise here, but you have, like you said, some pretty strong backing on the financing side. And then the expiration upside too, that uh, obviously I think this has to be part of the strategy to deliver on some additional expiration here, which should result in you know some good uh, share price improvement here as well. And then of course, continued de-risking, which is uh, clearly in progress here. Some of the targets nearby the project, looking at what is immediately north of the main deposit here as well. And with regards to the schedule, feasibility study out from there, what do you see as the path, Hugh? And, and how quickly do you guys think you're going to move into making decisions and getting this going? Do you see that this is something that will be decided upon by the end of 22? Or do you see that this is going to go into 23 before decisions are made on construction? Just talk about the schedule. Let's assume you get the permit and that's done and the feasibility yeah. study comes out on time. What's the fast track here? Basically, we've already started having conversations with various groups about financing. Most of them are you know, 
at this stage, it's really just keeping making people aware of the project. Uh, we were in Denver a few, you know, in in September for the two conferences there, and a lot of those meetings were with potential finances of of, of gold mines. Obviously, we can't really do anything until the feasibility study study comes out. So the target is we're early January uh, to get the feasibility study out, and once we have that, we have a document that we can then start accelerating those discussions with with various things, be it streaming or be it uh, debt finance, uh, or variety of, of different avenues, which we're kind of setting up now in preparation for that. In the background, obviously, we'll once we've got the layout, we'll submit the environmental work for approval. As I said, all the work has been done, uh, all the community work. We've got a lot of support from the local people. I think one of the nice things about Cote d'Ivoire is that they're in, in the mining law, there is a 0.5% gold royalty. Uh, an NSR royalty that goes to the local area specifically. So, you know, the local villages, they don't have to fight with the government um, to get hold of, you know, cash to develop their area. And obviously that feeds back into, into a lot of enthusiasm for the project on the ground. So environmental permit, I'd be looking to get that by the end of uh, Q1. Once we have that, um, we will have submitted the mining, the uh, feasibility study to the mining, the Ministry of Mines, um, as soon as we've got it and we'll start those discussions but once we've got the environmental approval we push hard to get the mining permit the next phase is the discussion of a convention or a, a, a type of stability agreement with the government uh, which is the final uh, piece of the puzzle um, so i'd like to be in a position to, to be, make a decision around the end of q2 early q3 as to what we're going to do with this and also have a fairly good idea as soon as possible really about how and, and what form the financing is going to take place in terms of starting the construction so in a perfect world um sometime late in late q2 early q3 um you know what's going to delay that what could delay that i mean that's pretty in the scheme of things that's very quick obviously um and you touched on the the enthusiasm for countries like Cote d'Ivoire to sort of develop their mining industry uh in a quick way I think the things, you know, one thing that could hold back that process or change that process is exploration success. As I said, we are you know, heavily exploring the area around us. Uh, if we are able to find some things, then, as I said before, the, the impact of that is significant on this project. Um, so we might delay things a little bit in, in, to give ourselves time to bring that into the project. But at the moment, um, we'll see, we'll, we'll move ahead anyway and keep along with the process. That's pretty aggressive, and uh, I like that, and it's quite a breath of fresh air as compared to Sudan, where we're years and years and years in the making here. This is, uh, <laughs> you know, expedited on this side in CDI. The share price has been beat up, as you're well aware, generally on uh, low sentiment for gold equities, and overall gold equities are pretty well beaten up across the entire sector. Not a lot of insider buying yet. Perhaps that's, that's a consideration here, but what do you think is needed to get that share price up? I mean, if we have these milestones met, and I think one of the key areas here that uh, is really important in looking at some of the results and, and some of the targets would be some exploration success around here. You know, what do you think you guys can do here to get that share price up in advance to some potential financing? Yeah, the share price obviously has been disappointing. Um, you know, we're in the around seventy cents at the moment. We IPO'd at dollar ten. Obviously, I see that as a as a good opportunity. There are a couple of reasons why the insiders uh, are not uh, buying at the moment. But I think yeah, that expiration success would be good. I think one of the things that has held us back a little bit has been we do we have had a seller 
Um, one of the IPO funds, I think, has been dribbling stuff onto the market, which tends to sort of been hamstringing us when we put out put out news. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, we'll, we'll get through that. Um, generally, get a lot of a lot of positivity from shareholders uh, when we meet with them at the conferences. Uh, you know, we're doing the one to one again in November in London. Um, so generally, do get positivity. Uh, I think people do see, given the scale of the project and the nature of the management team. I think people do see that you know 70 cents is a good opportunity, but yes, we'd like to get it up. Um, exploration, you know, I think one of the things that can kill companies when you're going through the whole feasibility process, and I'm an exploration geologist by background, so you know I want to explore, is just concentrating on the feasibility study. And I think you know, that's just going to sort of chunder along in the background. And the thing we need to do during the next sort of six to nine months is is continue to explore. So so the exploration is as much a story as, as the as the feasibility. And we're very, very cognizant of that and very focused on, on trying to achieve that. Talk about that for just a moment, Hugh, the exploration portfolio. Obviously we've got targets, you know, right in, you know, the Morando district area, but also uh, beyond that and, and CDI some distance away. But from your standpoint, what are you most excited about in terms of, you know, maybe Pettit Yao? What's the excitement that you want to punch a few holes on? The key thing for this area is that you can you can haul material in from from a significant distance away. Um, so we're looking probably 65, 70 kilometers away from 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 Kone as being the sort of sphere of influence of of the of the project. Um, within that, um, we have you know a couple of our own permits. There's a couple of applications which we're very keen to get granted by the government, and the government has been supportive. Now they're starting to understand the scale of, of Kone. Um, we're also keen to do a couple of deals. You know, there are you know, some permits there, a couple of blocks of permits that are held by other people, um, which we'd like to do a deal on, which we're, which we're working in the background to try and achieve. And I think you know, that probably that consolidation and the bringing in of, of other ground is probably the thing that's going to change this you know, incredible recognition. Um, if we can achieve that, and it's obviously, you know, consolidation is obviously easier said than done. It opens up, you know, in excess of 2,000 square kilometers, probably two, two and a half thousand square kilometers of very prospective ground, which um, which is all relevant to Kone. And I think that's, for me at the moment, that's the big prize if we can achieve some of that consolidation. Most of that ground has been explored in one way or another, but it's only been explored for by people looking for large standalone deposits, million, two million ounce deposits. We don't have to explore for those size of deposits. Obviously, we will. But no, as I said, we only need to find 50, 100, 200,000 ounces uh, in a number of small satellite pits um, to really change this project out of all recognition. So for me, you know, I think we probably talked about it last time we, we spoke, but that's still fundamental to this company. And I think if we can achieve it, then that is really going to be the game changer. So working on it, it's never a quick process, but we are working on it. For me, that's the, that's the prize. Uh, relative to Kone, we do have some ground up adjacent to Barracks Tongon Mine up in the north uh, of the country. Um, we are doing some low-level soil sampling on a new permit that's been granted last year up in that area. Uh, and we've also got another project out to the to the east called the Boboso Project, where, to be honest, we haven't done a great deal of work. There are some decent hits there from some previous drilling. Um, but again, now we've finished the main drilling phase at Kone. Uh, the geologists are able to get out and start doing some more work. And the rainy season is just coming to an end now in Cote d'Ivoire. Um, so in particular for the Boboso project, access is much better. So as we get as things dry out, we'll, we'll have some crews back over there 
you know, and potentially look to do some drilling on that early in the new year if we can. Appreciate that. I think that'll be important here as you guys tie this all together. Uh, lots of things on the plate at the same time, but typical routine low in the uh, in the stock price around this period of time. But I think this is a an area that's certainly worthy of consideration. Talk a little bit about ESG for a moment, the hot topic out there that everybody seems to talk about. Nothing specifically new here on ESG, Hugh, but any particular initiatives in the local community that you want to mention, anything on that front? We've, um, one of the nice things about this project for me personally, obviously, is, is we've been involved there for more than 10 years back and forward, now probably three different companies. Uh, but we, you know, we've got guys, a lot of our Ivorian staff have been associated with the project for a while. The name Kone, the resources name Kone is, is the local chief's name. Um, so it's a very popular name in, in that area. Uh, and we've always taken the, that, that side of things seriously. Um, so we've, you know, we've built school buildings, we've drilled water wells uh, in two of the villages. We, we, we are, a, our project sort of spans three, three villages. Um, so we've kind of moved between those. We've just renovated a clinic uh, in one of the villages and built a house for a nurse uh, because they've just got funding to, to staff that clinic. We built school rooms and drilled wells in the other village. I think we're just about to um, start the renovation or the completion of a school in the third village. So you know, very, very serious. I mean, the bottom line is you can't build a mine in places like this unless, unless the people see benefit from you. Um, now, we do get a lot of support from, from the local chiefs and the, and the elders in the village, but they need to show that the people are benefiting. So we do take that very seriously. We've got uh, a guy specifically employed on that side of things um, to just be talking to people. Um, so yes, and I think we'd probably... For a project in our stage, we probably do more than a lot of people. So, but as a result of all that, we do have significant standing within within the local area. So, it, it is obviously of benefit to us. Well, keep up the efforts on that, and the needs of the community are, are heard first and foremost, rather than maybe a distant government who thinks it should be this way. So, uh, keep up the yeah. efforts on that, and appreciate you highlighting some of that. I think the community component, to me, is the most important part of the ESG push, and um, always has been. I think community has, has been more important than some of the other factors. To wrap up, uh, potential investors listening in here, Hugh, market capitalization of the company stands about $75 million Canadian. What would you say to potential investors at this stage and at current price levels? Yeah, I see it as an opportunity. You know, we we have a very strong project. I think it can we can make it better. I think Cote d'Ivoire is probably one of the premier destinations in West Africa at the moment. Highly prospective, as we talked about, a very uh, proactive and encouraging government. We have nothing from, but support from from our ministry. Uh, a good shareholder backing, which I think again distinguishes us from from a lot of juniors. Um, you know, we, we didn't, when we formed Montage, we didn't want to form just another junior company, but by, by bringing in the backing that we have, I think that it does distinguish us and a management team that is experienced in this part of the world. You know, we're not solely explorers. I think we've dropped it now, but our, our strap line originally was discover to build it. And that's very much how we look at it. We're, we're not just drilling this resource because we want a large resource. Uh, we're drilling this resource because we want to turn it into a reserve uh, and turn it into a mine. So we're very focused on the process of, of not simply exploring, but exploring with a view to, to developing. And that has been our experience in other projects in other countries in Africa, uh, where we obviously have been, been successful. Um, so I think a combination of those factors makes 
Uh, and that share price does turn it into a good opportunity for people to get in at a, at a price which hopefully we can deliver on. Hugh, and the best way for investors to reach out to the company? I think uh, contact details for myself and certainly for Adam Spencer, who's our EVP corporate development, are on the company presentation or on the website. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, I think there are our emails are on there. Either of us are happy to take questions. Always appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Let's keep up the progress and efforts at Montage, and uh, you stay well out there, sir. All right. Appreciate that, Andrew. You too. Uh, enjoy.